Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Joe Mishik. I'm here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I am uh, president of uh, Chapter 12 of uh, United Pool Association out here. Just wanted to say uh, thank you to everybody that's listening to our podcast and uh, you know, share it with your friends if there's one of these episodes that you like. Uh, Steve and I are kind of flying solo. We don't have anybody as a guest on uh, this episode, but we wanted to talk about some stuff that we feel is very important and kind of pertinent in our in our industry right now. But I do want to say uh, this is our 10th podcast, and we're really happy about that. Bear with us this first year um, as we do this is going to be um, not quite as smooth and streamlined as we had hoped, Be just as putting out episodes. Uh, I was sick last week and just wasn't feeling good, and we're doing one of these a week, so we're just kind of getting this stuff out to you guys, and we appreciate all of your support. Um as these pop up on your podcast channels and you see them, we just, uh, we just love that, uh, the support and the listening. And, you know, we even had a member sign up with the United pool association, I think a week or so ago. Is that right, Steve? Yeah. Real quick. I'm Steve Homer. I'm the vice president of uh, UPA and I'm here in Huntington beach, California. And we did, we had a guy listen to a podcast, I think with Harold Evans and Eric Knight, cause he's a big fan of Arenda. And he liked it, and then a little conversation came up on Jason Broswell's group, the uh, swimming pool industry workers and pool pros only. I got that one <laughs> little right plug the first there. time. Nice. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, so a little conversation popped up, and we I called the guy up. Guys in Rhode Island had a great conversation. Great guy, hard worker, and we're we're pleased to have him aboard. It's exciting. That's awesome. So so, so today go we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, I guess we're going to talk about sanitizer, chlorine, different forms, and uh, some of the trend to get away from stabilized chlorine and kind of how that benefits people. Because truly, Joe has made himself an expert on this because he's a guy in Phoenix. I mean, and typically in Phoenix, they're floating half a dozen tabs a week into those pools to make the chlorine last, which takes uh, cyanurics and just shoots them through the roof. Right. But, and that gives you guys just tons of problems there. So Joe was one of the first guys to uh, to kind of pioneer using Cal Hypo tabs. Uh, there's not a whole lot of them made. Uh, distribution doesn't want to carry them because there's a whole new, a whole different storage uh, procedure they have to follow to have those Cal Hypo tabs in the shop. Um, but Joe bought them direct from uh, Lonza, and and that is a great tab. I've fooled around with those things a little bit too. It's a tab that you can throw in the skimmer and it'll last a week, which is unheard mm -hmm. of. I mean, anything in the skimmer goes away quick. And yeah, they're and, relatively similar dissolve rate to a trichlor tab. Uh, yeah. Well, I should say the NST brand that Lonza. Um, in fact, I don't even know what they're. I think they're still Lonza. They got bought out, but I yeah. know they're still making the same product. But um, yeah, right. Steve, you're right. And it's, a, and it's a great product. So just uh, switching from Cal from uh trichlor tabs to cal hypo tabs is no easy feat it's not well that's an easy i guess it's easy but you you just don't switch tabs you've got to look at all kinds of other things you got to keep track of a whole host of uh different parameters in that pool mm -hmm. when you switched over to the cal hypo tab joe did it and joe worked out the details which uh i handed to joe that's a lot of work and and he uh he did it quite well so uh you did it so well that the cyanurics in your water were going away. You bought conditioner for the first time in 20 years, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that's a lot. That's a good intro there, Steve. Thank you. Um, it's a lot to process too, because uh, it does take a lot of work to switch a pool over. And I will say the reason that is, um, and and just to answer your question real quick, Steve. Yeah, my cyanerics have have dropped. Uh, they've plummeted. Uh, you know, trichlor and going out of season, meaning going from summer to winter. Uh, we don't really have fall and spring here. It seems like it goes from 100 degrees down to like 80 degrees, uh, which for us is cold, like cold. Uh, <laughs> the East Coast thinks 80 degrees is hot, but um, it seems like it just goes from hot to cold or hot to whatever, you know, cooler weather. Um, and typically what I would do for a long time and we can also talk about the history of chlorine a little bit, but what I would do is I would just jump over to liquid um, bleach, you know, uh, sodium hypochlorite, um, just use that after the summer was over and try to control cyanerics that way. Um, and it, it does work to a certain degree. I would have pools that would, you know, be as high as 150, 100 parts cyanuric and you know, you might drop 25% at, at best over a winter. Um, that's like good case scenario. Um, but then you're going to ramp it back up again the next summer if you don't drain the water or take care of, you know, your levels and taking care of that water. Um, about five years ago, I'm just kind of, I'm going to roll with this a little bit. Five years ago or so, um, I remember being over in California um, it was actually while I was still part of IPSA, not a David Haas there who we had on last time. Um, by the way, great podcast if you haven't listened to it. But I was over there and they were talking about the drought in California. And um, that kind of struck a kind of a nerve with me because I'm like, well, if it's happening in California, it's going to make its way to Arizona. That's how things usually trend. Um, and I was just like, okay, water conservation. I live in the desert. You know, I don't want to be draining my pools that often, or at least maybe even taking water out. And that's something that I've actually adopted within the last few years is trying to drain water out of my pools to monitor the TDS, the cyanuric, and a lot of that stuff. But you can only get so far when you're using certain, uh, you know, controls like dichlor, trichlor, things that have cyanuric in them. So to that, I last, uh, about this time last year, well, actually probably at the beginning of last year, 2018, um, I had looked into, done a little bit of research prior to that year, I probably, um, and found, you know, Cal Hypo tabs. And there was some tabs that Lonzo was making that I had tested that were meant for feeders. So, uh, you had to buy the the feeder unit, and usually they're pretty pricey. I would say, you know, three or four hundred dollars, at least two to three hundred dollars, our cost at distribution. You know, upselling that to the customer, trying to get that onto all of my uh, residential pools. I don't have a lot of commercial pools, and that's a whole nother ball of wax because those you definitely need a feeder on. But with that being said, I I was ran into the problem with their earlier tabs or the tabs designed for the feeders were just dissolving way too quickly if I wasn't using them in a feeder. Um, so I would ramp up my chlorine in the water. Granted that a Cal Hypo tab in that form um, is okay, but I'm putting way too much chlorine in the pool. So then they came out with their NST tab, uh, non-stabilized um, tab, 
and uh, it dissolves very similar. I did some uh, time studies with them, uh, took photos, a lot of great information there. And they dissolve at a relatively similar rate to trichlor, which is what I was looking for. So their, uh, their brand um, or their labeling, I should say, uh, suggests to throw them in the skimmer like you had uh, mentioned, Steve. And my thought, and a lot of service guys, you know, we come across situations, um, and not to not to knock the builders or anything, but we run into situations where I don't want to be pulling tabs out of the skimmer. I mean, that just loads up with debris. We all we all see it everywhere across the country. Um, the last thing I want to do is be fishing tabs that are half dissolved out of a skimmer basket. Um, so I kind of taken a little bit of a sidetrack and I'm like, okay, let me see if I can float these. And they're, they fall apart a little bit differently than a trichlor tab. Um, they kind of more crumble apart where a trichlor tab just dissolves at an even rate down right. to like and a puck. It's harder as a rock till it gets down to that last little wafer and it's still hard as a rock. Exactly. Yeah, sure. The irony now that you mentioned how hard a trichlor tab kind of stays and dissolves, um, I actually tried breaking apart one of these NST tabs. They're kind of shaped like an octagon uh, or like a stop sign. Um, I tried breaking it on the side of a cool deck or you know pool, whatever, and it wouldn't even break apart. It was just rock hard. But what's interesting is they dissolve, they kind of crumble apart. So I immediately realized, okay, these aren't something that you can just float um, very effectively. But what I did is I took a floater and I cut out all of the um, like little slits that you see at the bottom. Where yeah, you the can little open vents in the bottom, sure. Yeah, where you can open and close that blue uh, slider um, that typical floaters have. I cut all those out, opened up my um, vents, if you will, whatever those channels are called. Uh, opened them up by like a quarter of an inch. So I had a lot of room there for the water to move and the product to fall out or dissolve. Um, and that actually worked. So um, again, Lanza does not promote this. So I'm not speaking on their behalf, but it was something that I was able to do. And actually it worked really, really well. In addition though, you also put a label on that floater. That yes, said, I did. put trichlor tabs in here. I forget what your label said. It was a very well done label and it uh, keeps a homeowner from going to Home Depot or something and buying a bunch of trichlor and throwing in with the uh, Cal Hypo. Not a good that, mix. That was actually my biggest fear was uh, the mixing of chemicals. I, I've actually never done it. Um, you know, sometimes you probably should as you should see what happens with uh, two chemicals like that, but I didn't, I didn't really have the balls to see how that all worked, but um yeah, I definitely didn't want any mixing going on because these these two chemicals are very volatile together. So, um, yeah, I put big labels, said warning, uh, Cal Hypo tabs only. And they were a nice sticker that fit around the outside edge, had these stickers made, um, round stickers, about seven inches in diameter. So they fit on the outside of a floater. And I found floaters that Leslie's was selling that had a very smooth edge. Some have like a little bit of a texture to them. Uh, these seem to work really well for the sticker. They stayed on all season last year. Um, no, no, some I, faded I from UV, but yeah, go uh, ahead. I have a question. Um, 
as you put these Cal Hypo tabs in the pool and uh, they dissolve, and especially in Arizona where you're probably dropping a half a dozen a week in the pools to get them to mm-hmm. hold for the week, what's, what happens to the uh, what happens to the calcium hardness in the pool? I mean, does that go sky high, or, or how do you deal with that? That's a good question. Um, hey, that's what I'm, I'm here trying- for. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the things that's kind of a misnomer is uh, because you are dealing with uh, calcium, uh, the calcium in a Cal Hypo tab is far less concentrated than the cyanuric in a Tricor tab. So let me oh, really? let, so let me explain that. Um, in fact, I don't have the numbers right offhand. It's been it's been over a year since I really saw or looked at them, but I want to say it's. Um, uh, I can't even, I can't even remember, but it's like double the percentage. So like if, yeah. let's say for instance, calcium 6% in a tab, um, the cyanuric in a trichlor would be like 12% or something like that. Sure. That it's makes higher. Sense. Um, again, don't quote me on those numbers, but it's one of the interesting things that happened because as yes, my calcium did rise it didn't rise quickly so to that note let me talk about something else that i didn't mention and i know you had mentioned this as far as how difficult it is to switch over a pool um much of the country and uh, let's back up a little bit before i speak on the point of um the ph of the water but the biggest thing that i think we faced is this onslaught of trichlor um, and it's not to bash the product. I think the product has a certain place in, uh, the industry, certainly on the, uh, the management of pool water. And I guess what I mean by that certain areas like Newport beach, uh, maybe a little bit cooler climate, such as Florida, um, can afford to maybe use trichlor in a very managed way. Whereas in the desert, when our, t- when we have monthly you know, highs in like the month of July, for instance, where our high is 115, our nighttime low is 100. You're right, Steve. We are burning five, six tabs a week, um, trichlor and swimming pools. And so, again, if you're unfamiliar with the the effects of high levels of cyanuric, it's um, Arenda does a great job. They have great videos on discussing this. So, kind of let them handle it, but go over there. You'll see how if your cyanuric, your stabilizer level rises, you have to get over that threshold in order to have effective chlorine. Essentially, your chlorine gets locked up with that extra stabilizer. So going back to my point is, um, well, I, let's go. I think I kind of wanted to mention the history. So Okay, Again, well, let, real quick, I had, was a, I had a question our, about how ahead. did you deal with all the extra calcium in the water? Was that, oh, a, yeah, was that's that right. an issue? And did you have to do something about that, or was it easy to deal with? I mean, because a lot of guys are going to say, wow, all that calcium in the water is going to end up in the tile, and the homeowner is going to be upset. Yeah. Did, did you? Was that your experience, or how did you deal with that? No, sorry. I, I, see, I see where you're going now. Yeah. Um, the answer to that is the LSI. So, again... Uh, Langelier saturation index. If you've never heard of it or you've heard of it and you aren't using it, it is what I would consider the only way to use this product. So the, the, uh, 
the Cal Hypo tab is around a 10, it's like 10.8, um, almost 11, I think, pH. So you go from a trichlor tab that's two to three pH in the water, which is very effective sanitizer. You know, it's going to keep your uh, chlorine burning at a very good, good rate. Um, also keep your pH in your water lower, um, which in effect, I think a lot of guys get kind of hypnotized by that. You know, they don't have to add as much acid to their water. Their pH stays relatively low throughout the season. So again, I say that only because not to, you know, not to insult anybody, but I say that because once you switch over to a tab, that's pH completely on the other side of the scale at a 10 or 11 pH, you better be ready for that acid. So that was one of the things that um, was very useful. Sure. Now I'm not, I'm not missing the point about calcium. I'm just saying that the, the pH was a very big factor in the acid demand. Now, why that's important to the LSI is because we want to keep our water balanced. So we want to keep what the LSI does is it man it strictly and is specifically for managing calcium in the water. So you're either etching uh, a surface with low LSI, lower than a negative 0.3, or you're putting scale onto the surface, putting calcium um, carbonate onto the surface of either your tile or your walls at over a positive 0.3. So again, you're using a product that is specifically for the LSI. And I guess I could say that because that's what the LSI is for, is balancing your water. So if you're not doing that and you start to see scale um, forming because of a product that you're using, you're going to immediately jump and kind of bash the product. Um, oh, so but, so what you're saying here is, is if you keep the LSI on a, on like the low end or at zero or minus one, minus 0.2 with that area, correct. then you're not going to find the tile scaling up. You're going to find scaling on the plaster and like that because you're, you're managing the LSI correctly. Is there, it, was there any reason to throw in any sequestering agent at all or 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 do you do that anyway or or was that necessary in your in uh yeah. working the uh, cal hypo tab Jeez, you're like really good at these questions this morning um, <laughs> you're a very very good leader <laughs> i got um, up early <laughs> no you're right um one of the ways yeah I, I mean i've got pools that i wasn't adding any sequest to that were well over a thousand uh, ppm of calcium. And I think a lot of guys would be kind of, they should be happy to hear that. Um, and that's all LSI based, but uh, yeah, I was seeing some pools like get cloudier, uh, from the product. And, um, again, Arenda, great, great company. They make SC 1000. It'll sequest, uh, or actually chelate the calcium into the water. So it keeps it in suspension. Oh, um, so, so you're working this thing. You start to see a little cloudy water. In goes the uh, SC1000, their sequestering agent. Mm -hmm. And that would clear out the water because that would pull that calcium and hold it in solution, not let it float around. Oh, perfect. It does. And let me say something too, because there might be people listening that go, okay, that's great. So you're kind of masking or hiding the, the calcium. No, I'm not. Um, I know it's still there. In fact, I know it's there because I can test for it. So for instance, a lot of times people, this will happen with all kinds of different things like phosphate. 
um, gets tied up with algae. When you kill algae, you get more phosphate. Uh, that's something that, you know, people may not quite understand quite as well, but calcium is another one of those things. So if you have calcium on your tile or on your surface that you can see, chances are, well, not chances are very like no matter what with definite fact, you're not testing that in the water. It's not until it gets into the water that you can actually test for it. So I know that sounds, that may just be completely obvious, but a lot of people, yeah, um, they'll test the water and what they have that could be dissolved back into the water could double their calcium. So for instance, if you're losing calcium onto the surface, uh, it's got to go somewhere. So that's why, that's why that happens. That's why the whole chemical uh, reaction happens. Um, but let me finish up one thing real quick. Um, once you get it into, by adding a product like SC1000, um, and I mentioned this briefly before, that's why I'm draining water, taking care of anything that I can to backwash um, another product that um, I just never really paid much mind to, never really took notice of was those big uh, rotary backwash valves that a lot of us probably hate. Uh, a lot of us would rather use a push-pull backwash valve as opposed to some of those rotary ones because the spider gaskets can go out, blah, blah, blah. But you can actually you know, go to waste. You don't have to backwash a pool. Those valves are very, very useful for just dumping a little bit of water. You know, typically... Um, they're on sand filters, most mostly on sand filters, although you they can, are you occasionally on DE. Filters, yeah, they, uh, multi-port valves is what they call it. Yeah, right? multi-port. Um, yeah. yeah, the you know, with the big handles that you rotate. Right. Those, um, because pools like that are typically designed with a backwash system in place, whether it's a sump pit or just out to the yard, um, I would go backwash one week go to waste the next week so that, you know, if I do need to lower the concentration in the pool by doing that, it's very effective. Um, you know, I've taken pools in this, in the winter time, I've taken those levels down, not having to drain the pool, just doing it over a weekly basis, kind of like a controlled leak, if you will. Um, I've seen guys on Jason's group post pictures of controlling a leak through a you know, just leaving a bleed valve open or something. And, uh, you know, that's one way of doing it. But again, getting back to the product, if you can get it out of the water, meaning by using the water to get rid of it, then you're, you're doing a good service for the water. So oh, cool. um, the, the LSI I, is very important on that product. I think that's the key is, is you got to watch the LSI. You got to manage your pool to the LSI, not to standard range chemistry. Right. That's great. So I would just suggest anyone listening that has any more questions for Joe, I would say um, you could probably just uh, find me on Facebook. Look, he's on yeah. Facebook, but you could probably ask a question on uh, Jason Broswell's group, service industry, oh, swimming pool industry workers and pool pros only, and get the discussion going there. Joe knows a lot about that stuff. The other well, one I, I, I want to talk to about is, um, is, and I've been around for a little while. I haven't been around as long as some. Some people I'm around and feel like a rookie <laughs> and, I, and I've been in for 30 years. So, <laughs> but, uh, kind of the progression of chlorine and I came into business mm -hmm. tabs were there and everyone had tabs and, um, 
I wasn't always impressed with tabs. I, I you know, I, you get an instant effect when you pour a gallon of liquid in a pool versus throwing a tab in a, in a floater and throwing it out there. Sure. But, uh, as we go back in the history, I mean, you go back to glass bottles of, of chlorine glass bottle of acid and then uh, a big jug of copper algaecide, and that's how pools were managed. And that's Incredible. why when I was a kid, it was just common. If you had blonde hair, it was turning green if you spent any time <laughs> in a pool yeah. because of all the copper they kept in that water to keep it sanitized. And we are in such a, such a great new world now where you don't have to do that. There's so many other ways to keep that pool clear without having to put uh, copper in, which, I don't know, for me, copper is a heavy metal. It has a cumulative effect on your liver, and why load your kid's liver up with any more copper than they have to? I mean, mm -hmm. so so what was your experience when you came into business, Joe? Did did you? Um, um, it was about late, it was the turn of the century. There uh, you are. It's about 98, 99. So, I mean, I'm, a lot of people still think I'm a young, young buck, but you know, 20 plus years is I've seen a lot of change. Um, some of it, not necessarily chemically, but other things. Um, but no, I think the biggest thing for you pointing out the history is very important because a lot of people think the tabs, the trichlor, uh, way of doing things has been around for eons, decades since like the fifties or sixties. And that's not necessarily the case. Uh, a lot of it was liquid chlorine, um, I mean, I even remember guys telling me, in fact, up until a few years ago, they were still running around with the gas, uh, bottles in the back looking like pest control. And I mean that I've heard horror stories of, you know, bottles leaking at stoplights and cars shutting down cause it's, you know, there's chlorine gas in the air and there's not enough oxygen and cars are just like oh dying God. at stoplights. Um, I mean, crazy stories like that so you know way back i remember gas shooters and uh it seemed i don't know maybe i'm just lazy or looking for the easy way but hauling around a big pressurized tank full of freaking chlorine gas just seemed like a recipe for disaster and the other thing that chlorine yeah. gas would do is put a big old brown stain on the bottom of the pool because chlorine excessive chlorine will stain plaster Sure. And I picked up pools. You look in the deep end, and there's this big old brown stain. You go, ah, you had a gas shooter in here at one time. Got it. Yeah. Um, and I tried to acid wash that stuff out with varying degrees of success, but um, mm -hmm. I can't believe that. Uh, um, it never appealed to me, but I guess some people swore by it. Yeah. I don't know if there's any still around. I know there was up until a few years ago. There still very well may be a couple of those guys running around still, but. Um, good on them. It's sometimes a very effective way to get uh, chlorine into the pool, but uh, very, very risky product. Um, you know, one that you got to use a lot of control with, but, you know, I think liquid and then um, going to, you know, going from liquid chlorine, which is still very, very widely used, uh, great product. Um, one of the things that happened out here was I was using it so much that my salt levels were going up. So a lot of this debate or discussion, I guess we could say is controlling a lot of the stuff in your water, you know, like knocking, knocking around trichlor, like it's in a boxing ring and eh, it's, it's not, it's not the best, but, um, a lot of these other products, Cal hypo tabs, for instance, the same thing. You got to know what's in your water. You know, you got to know what levels you have them at. Um, and it's That's all true. about control. So, and, and the use of liquid will put salt in the water. 
Mm-hmm. I have some old pools in uh, in older neighborhoods of Newport Beach, where when salt first came out, and I got my first salt tester. Of course, I got to stick it in every pool just to see how much salt's in there. I had pools of water over twenty years old, and you stick the salt tester in there. It's got over three thousand parts of uh, they're salt. ready for a salt system. I, I just throw a cell <laughs> on here. And that's all I got to do. Look at this. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's right. Everything you put in there has a has a byproduct and an effect, and you've got to keep track of that and be aware of it. Because mm-hmm. more salt, more dissolved solids keeps blocking the chlorine from doing its job, and yeah, that's why old water kind of kills us. Yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those discussions that uh, some people in the industry. Uh, well, hold on, let me back up. I was, I was, I was going to say it kind of kills the industry. A lot of a lot of what we see is an overabundance to, dra- to drain pools at somewhat moderate moderate levels and and i guess what i mean by that is we see people just draining pools because their calcium uh hardness or their tds is you know maybe their calcium hardness is at 500 and their tds is at 3000 that's like a perfectly manageable pool under the lsi conditions so um there's a guy out here that i know that you know does water water purification um Steve Ward, little nod to him. That's a great service because you're not wasting water uh, by draining a pool, which is very key. Um, you know, maybe it's not, you know, people pay a little bit more to have that service done, but they're conserving water. And he does a great job at doing that. So, yeah, it's all about maintaining and balancing these pools effectively. And I just took a nod at, hey, I'm going to drop my cyanuric because I know. The biggest thing, again, let's like finish that, you know, round out that discussion is by getting my levels lower, I'm like lowering that threshold or that wall, if you will, that I have to get the chlorine to. So, and some people don't quite understand that, uh, that point. So if you get your cyanuric down to, if let's say let's like start at, um, a hundred, um, I should probably pull up my phone to look up what it actually is, but at a hundred, your um, it's called free available chlorine uh, factor. Uh, they talk about it. There's a video that Arenda that Eric Knight put out. That free available chlorine factor um, is a number that Robert uh, Lowry uh, came up with or put out. It's seven point five percent. So at seven point five percent at a hundred parts per million cyanuric is seven point five. It's really easy. The math there is simple. 7.5 parts per million is what your chlorine needs to be at if you have 100 parts per million cyanuric. So again, most people think 100 is like, okay, that's doable. Like I've seen it higher. I've seen it much lower. So if you go lower, obviously, let's say by half, 50 parts per million, now you're down to about 3.3, something like that, parts per million. Three and three quarters. Three and three quarters. So that's where your parts per million chlorine now has to be. So that's why that's why there's such a discussion about this because a lot of times people are like, you know what, I can't hold on to enough chlorine at that level. It's not necessarily that you don't have to hold on to that much chlorine. It's that it's how much chlorine can effectively kill anything in your water. So I think it's great because I got pools that are, let's say, 25. So then you drop that in half. Now you're down to around, you know, less than two or right around two parts per million chlorine. Well, 
the amount of chlorine that that takes to maintain is far less than maintaining it at a threshold of 7.5. So that's where this whole discussion is very useful, uh, just to point out that those facts and that information, if that sure. makes sense. I agree. I agree. And uh, there are some great videos on Aranda. Eric has a great one on free available chlorine. I've seen it. So cool. Yeah. I, I think we kind of covered this topic. Um, no, it's been so. a good Good conversation. Yeah. One that I think a lot of people will benefit and understand. And if they've never heard some of these numbers or information, yeah, we're very ha happy to get that out there. That's very good. Well, I so. want to tell everyone to keep checking out our podcast, um, plug it into your ears while you're working. You don't need to see the video. Um, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of mornings I feel like you shouldn't see the video, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. check it out or kick it around and we're going to keep going. Well, thanks for your time here, Joe. Enjoy talking to you. Yeah, you too, Steve, as always. All right. We'll check you out in the next one. Thank you. Bye.